Hello and welcome to the Collier Democratic Roundup, the official podcast of the Collier County Democratic Party. This is uh, day three of the Democratic National Convention and our recap. We just got done. It is 1121. I am here, as always, with Amber and Linda. Guys, what did you think from day three? This one was a big one. We had some heavy hitters. Yeah, and as I said in yesterday's podcast, uh, I love the fact that when we are talking about the heavy hitters, that this night was predominantly dominated by women, um, you know, with, with a few exceptions, which are <laughs> a few notable exceptions, which I'm sure we will discuss. But um, I really thought that overall this, this was probably the best night yet. Um, you know, the first night there was some awkwardness, um, even though there were some really strong things in the first night. And then, as we said, the second night was a little more business. But um, I, I just thought over overall this from start to finish, there was a ton of not only important, heavy information, um, but some of the speeches were, I think, among the best that we've seen yet. Oh gosh, I thought tonight was wonderful. I had I had tears on multiple occasions. And again, as I've said, like the past couple nights, we had some wonderful heavy hitters in the political arena for sure. But I just really appreciate the, you know, quote unquote working stories that peppered um tonight's uh uh convention night. I agree with you, Linda. I I thought I, I did I was up until the very end, up until the last two speakers, even amongst the other amazing speakers that were throughout the night, I felt like some of the standouts were some of those personal pieces. The letter that the child read. Oh, my God. Was. Jesus. Yep. I got that. Tears. Estella. That was. Oh, Estella. Sweet Estella. That's what I wrote in my notes when I was listening. I was like, oh. This poor child, and for her to to have the the presence of mind to write that letter and to deliver it in such a way, I mean, just you know, wise beyond her years. Yeah. Truly, what was she like eleven? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't even. Gosh. Far too young to have to write a letter like that. Thank um, you, Jeff. Totally true. I am. I am so in agreement with every with what you guys are saying. I um. There's there was so much this night. Compared to the other two nights, this I don't know that it could have gotten any better from a pure political speech making. I mean, um, the last three speeches. I mean, Elizabeth Warren just killed it. I mean, she brought the heat. She was from being personal with her story about um, being a single mom Mm -hmm. and having her aunt come and help her to just going straight at Trump. Uh, then, you know, the big question that I had, hello, Ziggy. I'm sorry. He's gone. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. I'm putting uh, it outside right now. All right. I'm back. Never so one of the things that I really was curious was who was going to close it. And um, I think we all assumed that Obama 
Barack Obama was going to close out the night with his speech, and they ended up putting him in the uh, the second to last spot. And he gave a great speech, a speech very different than anything that uh, he's ever really given. He's usually very hopeful and very um, uh, uplifting, and his speech was extremely. Um, I don't want to say dark, but it was real. It was very real and it was very direct and very um, yeah. aggressive, I would say, at, at what's going on. And I was worried. I was worried how that how Kamala would do coming off. And she killed it. She did exactly what she needed to do in that speech she was warm and tough and real and and comfortable and just really brought home everything that you wanted from the ticket in terms of being able to take everything that we're doing in all these three days and combine them into a cohesive narrative that that you can present to the american people and i just thought uh, this night Pelosi was is is a badass. Uh, she's still my favorite politician. Um, she's just incredible. The way they they looped her in into so many of the montages, uh, and uh, you know, it was just. I don't know that you could have done two hours of political persuasion any better than what they did in that in that two hours. Absolutely. And I, and I really want to point out because I've been, I've been reading, um, not a lot, but some post, uh, uh, post democratic national convention fodder from the other side, particularly Fox news. I think they scream the loudest and, um, they, it was interesting because their critique was, uh, you know, everyone's lambasting Trump, but without any, any plans for what they would do different. And I take umbrage to that because I believe every one of the speakers tonight and, and previous nights have levied a critique and they have said what, what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will do differently. And I think tonight was a real example of that. They, I thought they, they brought home what Joe's policies were. Those, you know, we did an episode a few episodes back where we really dived in depth into what his plans are for America should he get elected. And I think all the speakers today did a good job of saying, well, yes, this is a criticism, but this is what Joe's going to do. So I'd love to hear what Fox pundits have to say tomorrow in regards to that. They'll they'll say the same thing because it does, they're, they're talking to people who are, uh, who are not going to follow up. So they can just say that and they'll believe it. Well, I think they'll get a little more creative because, I mean, plans plans have been laid out, and and it was it was it was covered very thoroughly tonight by all of the speakers. Yeah, and I, you know, how did he, so tonight they talked about um, gun violence. I mean, like I think you you said it, Amber or Linda, one of you said it. I, it's it's a late night, so I don't remember who <laughs> we've been listening straight now for three Amber, hours and trying to keep it up. Uh, <laughs> either of you just said it um they really kind of uh bobbed in and out of very heavy topics um with 
I mean, hell, I, I we haven't even talked. Gabby Giffords oh. speaking at the beginning of, of the night, mm-hmm. you know, with the gun violence was incredibly moving, knowing all that she's had to go through to even be able to give that speech, to walk on stage and do that, um, to the climate stuff that uh, that we were that they talked about to the immigration stuff that they talked about um the violence against women stuff and then they really brought it home with with um with women and it's, i find it funny because one of the criticisms that i heard from the pundits uh, about yesterday because yesterday was actually the uh 100 100 year anniversary was actually yeah. yesterday, and they the, some of the critique was I, I'm surprised they didn't really lean into uh, the the that particular uh, date, and you, we can see why they didn't, and they didn't because they were highlighting the fact that Kamala Harris uh, was being nominated, and they decided to do all of the focus on women's suffrage on the same day that Kamala Harris is being officially nominated. So I think I you know I really. You know, I, I don't know that there's a, a downside to this particular day. It was good and hell, and they had great songs. We had we had, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of big performers, big entertainers that came in, gave full songs um, in the middle, which I think you need uh, nowadays. And, and you know, if people are going to watch, you know, it's a, basically a political infomercial for two hours, so you kind of need breaks in between. And um, yeah, it was just great. It was just great. I'm loving the intimateness of this format. Agreed. <laughs> you know, I think, I think even it's in the, fantastic. Even in the former convention format, when they would do these pieces that had been put together and you would watch those and then you would go to a speech, I think those always read very well. And now we're kind of more in that line. And then when you get to the speeches, those are also more intimate. Um, I, I think the draw of the big crowds is uh, unless you have somebody who has nothing to say and needs the show, um, yeah, then you need a big crowd. But if you can actually, if you actually have competent people and information that is important to hear, you don't need a crowd. You don't need that. And I think that's totally translating with this. So let's dive into, I want to talk a little bit more in depth about uh, President Obama's speech yes. first, um, because Ooh. that was, <sighs> you know, I didn't know what to expect from him in that moment and what role he would play. Um, and I think he's much more comfortable now with being more critical oriented and more and less being the positive uniter person that he was when he was on the ballot and um what did you guys think of that i mean i i just watching it there were a couple moments where you could really see and feel his frustration with everything that is going on. I'm just curious, what, what did you guys take away from it? I think I felt every word more than honestly, I think this for me personally, uh, of, of the speeches, his, I felt, and maybe it's because he just was talking. So <sighs> sane things that one, I feel like I 
I, I, with his intellect and his weight and his just knowledge of the position, I feel like I've maybe been desiring to hear for these last three years. And I completely understand why he has chosen to be silent on mostly silent on the indiscretions of our current president. Um, So the fact that he was actually saying things that we've all been seeing and, and, you know, in his normal eloquent and amazing manner, it really spoke to me. And I really, it, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm obviously at a loss for words. It was, (sighs) I really, I, I will probably re-listen to it again because I think that I was more I don't I took several like deep breaths during that and that you know that is not really like me. Um so I was very moved by his speech and I tend to I tend to prefer politics that focuses on what you're going to do and not what your opponent not attacking your opponent. I'm I'm much more for the positive and I respond better to that, but everything that he said just resonated with me and hopefully with other people. And it was, it was, you know, it was, some of it was quite alarming and I don't think unrealistic in any way. I mean, I think it's necessary to, for somebody who has been in this position to be sounding this bell and nobody can sound the bell better than he can. I think it's great, guys. I think you know that I've been wanting him to do something like this oh, for yeah. oh for a while now, just to just to be a bit more forceful on on a national stage, you know, and to say what what we all know he's thinking. And um, I mean, he got a couple really good points in there. I wrote two down, you know, it, it was the two that I felt were most forceful to me, where he says, you know, President Trump has has no interest in governing. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that was pretty powerful. And then truly, he char- characterized Trump as as potentially just treating this presidency as one more reality show. Which you know that was that's a gut punch right there from from former President Obama to mm-hmm. say something like that. You know, it it seems out of character uh, from what he's done in the past. But heck, I, I've been wanting. I've been wanting someone with his with gravitas. You. I've been wanting someone with his gravitas and class to say it on a national stage. This is what it is, guys. There, and there's no hiding from it. And I, and, I go ahead, Amber. Just to one quick thing too. I, I have not really written down many lines from the last few nights. I've mostly just been kind of absorbing as we've been watching, but I, I also wrote down one of his lines, which really spoke to me. And he said, do not let them take away your power. Yeah. And I, I, you know, the other thing, and I caught all of that. The other thing I I noticed that he did is he kind of called out the younger generation um, Mm -hmm. pretty explicitly. I, I, I felt, especially when he wove the whole story about uh, what, generations in the civil rights did mm, that's powerful and what they had to go through and how they had every right to believe that nothing could happen and yet they still stood up and fought for it mm-hmm. and he basically saying you guys have it better than they do 
you need to at least put the effort in. And so I thought that really, um, I thought that resonated. That really stuck. That was the moment that I kind of was like, wow, this is completely different than what um, Obama has done. But I do want to make a comment about just from the political savviness of this, of this speech for Obama. I was worried that if Obama got on stage and gave a similar speech to what he normally gives, which is the hope speech telling the American story and weaving all of the different pieces of our culture and our history into this kind of climactic moment of us achieving something, which we've all seen him do for his entire political career, that it may have been just white noise. It just been another Obama speech and that people would have said, yes, it was great, but it was no new themes, no new narratives, and it may have been lost. And I wouldn't be surprised if the decision to be this direct and aggressive and frank was not only how he's feeling, but a political move to make sure that people stood up and noticed the speech. That he knew that pundits and news agencies and uh, writers would take notice of the change in tone and write about it. And it would get a lot more play past tonight. I don't know that if he gave his typical speech that it would have been written about in the same way. I, I would be willing to bet that you will see articles and punditry about his speech, about the tone, and it'll become part of the conversation, which I think is what he wants for it to be to have be a part of the conversation for longer than just tonight. So I, I really believe that there was it was not just how he felt, there was some calculation behind it and that it would resonate past tonight. I think he also wants to kind of go on the record before this administration is over when he has a chance to have his voice heard about his opinions. And as much as he was very uh, conscientious about, you know, respecting the office of the presidency and those roles prior to and giving Trump a chance to show his colors, which at this stage, I mean, we're a couple months out. He really doesn't have another, any other time to wait. And if he hadn't said anything in these kind of terms, I think um, that would have been a regret on himself uh, morally and honestly. So yes, it could have been a political choice too, but I think it was probably also just a moral choice. And this is a platform where he has the opportunity to discuss this in a way that he, you know, it's not like I'm just the president knocking the, another president for something he's done while I'm sitting in my house. Like I am here in a political arena and I'm going to use this opportunity now to really get out what I, what I think. Yeah. And I, and the other thing I, I noticed is that he didn't do it from Chicago. He did it from Philadelphia. He went to a place where the constitution, they put him in a different city. Mm-hmm. And I think that also was a move because the Trump administration and the Republican national convention are planning to try to do all of their convention from monuments around 
Washington, D.C. And so um, I think there was part of that as well, that he was kind of saying, you know, I can go to a place of American heritage as well and, and give a speech. So what did you guys think of Kamala? Oh, gosh, I thought she was wonderful. I thought she was incredibly sincere and delivered her speech with, uh, I think, the perfect level of um, of humility and excitement and, uh, you know, with with her eyes to the future. I thought it was uh, it was as perfect as you can possibly get. Yeah, I I also really enjoyed it. I think she did a great job. I loved her her portrait that they introduced her with. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hoping, I kind of hoped that we will even hear more about her and her um, past and just her life and experience. But I think it was a very good start to, to her run as vice president. Yeah. And I, and not to mention, I really loved how they started the whole night off with her. They yeah, actually had her was, yeah. on camera and saying, you know, I'm going to see you here later, but then uh, went over the plan to have a plan to vote and to do that. I thought she was extremely comfortable in that moment in front of the camera, just having a conversation with the American people. Yeah. yeah. She's got a charisma about her. It's nice. It's it's, it, nice. it was, it's so comforting. It's so <laughs> comforting. And, it's and true. obviously, and obviously the, the, the theme tonight was women and it was really setting up Kamala um, for the end of the night. Whereas I, you know, we obviously saw on the first two nights, there was a lot of Joe Biden. It was a lot of Joe Biden story. It was a lot of, they still weaved some Biden in here. There was a great story about uh, an intern's grandmother. Uh, yeah, that was my, I wrote down adorable grandma. Like, it was such hearts. a great story about so good. him taking the time to just, speak to this intern's grandmother for 30 minutes and made a cable news show wait for the interview while he talked to uh this uh this intern's grandma it was just another another story that seems to be endless number of stories about joe biden that we have not heard that make him even more endearing and lovable and it just seems like it is and i you you have to imagine can they, can the Republican Party come up with one story, <laughs> one story about Donald Trump? No. Where he did something remotely close kind to what Joe Biden did. That was not in his, to serve himself? No. That is, that is Impossible. the fundamental difference in this election. That is no. who, the difference between yeah. the two people is the fact that with Joe Biden you have countless stories of him just being a good, decent, kind person. And you can't come up with a single story of Donald Trump doing something for somebody else that wasn't in his own interest. This is the man that literally had his charity shut down and they had to pay $2 million and take classes on how to run a charity because he was taking other people's money to buy pictures of himself. And it, you can't make that stuff up. And I just, you know, I, I think that the democratic national convention for all of their faults and how they, they choose to do stuff is really hitting at home with uh, so far with this convention. And we'll see how tomorrow goes with uh, Joe Biden's speech and taking uh, officially accepting the nomination uh, 
and, and going on from there. But so far, uh, they have really done a great job on, on all of it. I think it's great. Seriously, I'm going to go really quick, though, because um, I'm going to point out what you pointed out, which I thought was very clever, that they put um, the BLM behind uh, Oh, you're going to steal my Elizabeth BLM Warren. now? Really? I'm credit. I said you <laughs> found it. I am talking Just... about it, but Amber found it. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> Amber saw it first. Before anybody, by the way. I put it there. It. it was my Amber idea. It, <laughs> it was my idea. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, and so just, please enlighten oh. me on what, what, we're, what are we oh, talking about. What? Oh, in, in the kids' cubbies behind Elizabeth Warren what? in the classroom, um, there were the letters oh. BLM to write over over her as, as she's facing us over her right shoulder. Well done, And so um, Amber saw it first and, and, and pointed it out, and I thought that was, that was very clever. That was a lovely, There was lovely, also Joe um, in letters in the part of the room, too. See, mm. Amber is so good. She is so good. America, so good. And then um, I'm just going to say this because I was on the heels of what I what I sent to you guys today, which was the Trevor Noah um, compilation of Night One, which you know had its funny parts. That uh, some of the things I think I think maybe we all thought of them, but we may have been in awe of what was happening that night. That maybe we didn't like point them out in our <laughs> when we chatted after and it was very very funny which is why I sent it to you but tonight I'm going to go on record first saying that I think the first thing that Trevor's going to talk about is that most excellent uh intro to Nancy Pelosi's speech <laughs> where she literally looks like a super freaking hero yeah. with her own helicopter I know I literally uh. know what people are going to say about it I'm like Bad. I'm watching it and I'm like does she? Where is her cape? I'm all where for is it. it? <laughs> and then she's, Ugh. and I just, I mean, I think it's great. It's but a little it was, over the top. You guys need to admit it was over the top. It was complete. And then when she walked out, she looks like she owns yes. that helicopter, y'all. Like literally slow -mo, walks right hair out, like, blowing hair, mm -hmm. slow mo hair oh. blowing. I'm I'll like, take it. Look, we, we we talked in the first two nights. Right. Which who had the best burns? The two best burns tonight were both from the videos and they were both Pelosi in my opinion the, the oh god the, that was the ripping was the of the, the speech the while they said that, that you know they won't be uh held down or I can't remember what the words were but it was basically that they were you know that women won't won't uh kind of listen to men and they will be they will think their own mind and be you know, and be forceful. And she's ripping that. And then they play the clip of her after she came out of the Oval Office. And she says, yeah. I'm a mother of five and a grandmother of nine. I definitely know a temper tantrum when I see one. There is like, <laughs> and those two. That is perfect. Fast. Perfect. That's just so freaking. And wonderful. quite frankly, I know I laughed. I laughed so give loud. Give her the superhero treatment with the, with the, with, she is that. Pelosi has taken so many arrows and so much grief for the last 15, 20 years of being the Speaker of the House. She is the she single handedly raises more money for the Republican Party because all they do is take every candidate we run and say they're just with Nancy Pelosi. And she has 
sat there and taken it, and she has fought for the Democratic Party. She knows how to run her caucus, and she gets things done. And she is the, she is the opposite of Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, who, when in power, can't get anything done. And she just gets things done. And I, I, at this stage in the game, I say, give her all the praise. It was over the top. It was way over the top. Okay, but, (laughs) you know, I'll take over the top. Uh, Yeah, we're not not in favor of it. It was just like, it was extra. I will also say this. (laughs) You brought up Trevor Noah. And I will also say this, because I watched uh, Colbert uh, after night one. And he did his own recap because he's doing it live. And, um, you know, they made jokes. And I sometimes I cringe when they make jokes about the Democrats because I'm kind of I feel the same cringeworthiness in some of the stuff that you see politicians do all the time. But this time it was like the jokes. I actually I laughed out loud. I thought it was funny. I actually think that what the Democratic Party's doing and what they're really accomplishing in these these um, convention days is an earnestness and it's, and it's an honesty and an earnestness that, that while you can make fun of it, I'm laughing with you. I don't feel like you're laughing at me. You're laughing with like, we're all kind of like, yeah, we understand it's COVID. You're, you can't do things the way you would love to. So like he made a joke. He's like, Bernie Sanders spoke to the democratic national convention from our strategic stockpile of logs. (laughs) And like, and I just started laughing out loud. Like I was like, yeah, you know, but there's no way you can do this and make it look cool. It's just all like, you know, True. and that's uh, very funny. I didn't really unless you're the Obamas that's really good. and then you make everything look cool and then yeah. you just, it doesn't really matter. Jesus. So, so <laughs> what, uh, tomorrow's the last day, right? Yeah. I honestly, I'm I a little about, sad about this guys. I uh, maybe want it to go another week. Yeah. Right. So we got tomorrow and I honestly don't know. Uh, who we've got? We've got I, Joe Biden. I've got it if you like. Yeah, give it to us. Uh, we've got Cory Booker, um, Ooh. Gavin Newsom, oh. the mayor of DC, Keisha Lance okay. Bottoms. Um, okay. Tim, I love Gavin. He's a cutie. I'm going to go on record and say Gavin's a cutie. <laughs> Tammy Baldwin, Tammy Duckworth. We got the two Tammies, uh, Chris Coons. It's like Parks and Rec here. <laughs> yeah, the two Tammy <laughs> one and Tammy oh, two. Speaking of Parks and Rec, there's been multiple times is how happy would Leslie Nope be in this moment oh, right God. now? Leslie Nope would be... <laughs> God, the fact that they they haven't redone a pod, an episode like because they did that one coronavirus yes. episode, the yes. fact that they haven't now done another one where Leslie yes. Nope is just just beside herself excited about yes. about this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, so, go on. Tammy one and no, Tammy two. And the important things. Yes, Tammy one and Tammy two are tomorrow. We got Chris Coons, Kamala, who uh, assumingly will be introducing uh, Joe Biden and the Biden family. So. That is tomorrow, the culmination. Well, I, you know, I don't know that they can beat uh, tonight, but uh, I hope they they give it a shot. Let's go ahead and end it there. Uh, Amber, Linda, thank you guys for being on as well. Really late. It's 12.03 a.m., but thank you guys for, for being here. See you guys tomorrow. Please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have 76 days left until Election Day. Please Get involved. Do something. Hope everyone is staying safe out there. Until next time, so long.